Alrighty, and welcome back, everyone, to another Mascot Talk College Football Podcast episode here. So, um, sadly, we actually don't have Bridger again. He's actually in Disneyland, lucky guy. So, uh, it's just me again. So, hopefully, you guys aren't getting too sick of me yet. But um, I know it's a late episode. You know, it's a late, late episode. But uh, hey, I just want to thank everyone for continuing to follow the channel, to listen to the show. Um, you know, all, all of that, but, uh, let's just get right into it, man. This is like Christmas Eve. We're going into a really interesting week 10 here, um, with, with everything, with everything that's going on with all the teams that are playing, uh, tomorrow, it's going to be a really, really good slate of games. So, I mean, without further ado, guys, let's, let's just get right into it. Um, and the first game I want to talk about is in the ACC. We're going to talk about Clemson and Notre Dame. Now, the reason why this game is so big is because, right, Clemson is not only 8-0 right now, but they're also number four in the college football playoffs uh, rankings, which if any of you listened to the last, the previous episode we had, you know my disapproval and just disappointment in the college football playoff committee for putting Clemson at number four when I think Michigan is a way better team than Clemson. I think TCU's a better team than Clemson. I think Alabama's a better team than Clemson. Just by sheer what I've seen watching the games this year, Clemson just hasn't really uh, impressed me all that much. So this is going to be an interesting game. Now, this game is in South Bend. Uh, It's in Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been riding a hot hand. They still haven't reached their status quo on on offense yet they still haven't you know established a good offense however their defense has been playing really good and they took Syracuse to the woodshed last week who need to I remind everyone Clemson had to take out DJU their starting quarterback bench him and put in their backup quarterback just to come back and beat Syracuse at home now Clemson is favored in this game. Um, but I just Clemson's favored by four. I'm gonna pick Notre Dame. This is gonna be my upset of the week, and it's gonna be right off the bat here. I am picking Notre Dame to win this game. I think from what I've seen over with Clemson, I haven't been too terribly impressed. Um their best win right now is against Wake Forest, who got manhandled by Louisville last weekend. So it's it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I I'm excited to see how Notre Dame fares in this matchup, but also Notre Dame's been cooking with some steam. They're at home. Marcus Freeman's finally got that program going in the right direction. I just am looking at, you know, the just the numbers wise and you know, Notre Dame has just they haven't played tremendous, but I mean, the last, you know, couple of weeks, they've scored 40 plus points against Syracuse and UNLV. Now they did have that debacle against Stanford, but I think this is a totally different team. I think they've, they're well improved um, from that Stanford game. And so, I mean, they beat BYU, uh, they beat North Carolina, which is North Carolina's only loss of the season. So I'm, I'm picking the fighting Irish in this one, guys. I, I truly believe 
that Clemson is going to lose this game. Now, if they don't, I'm not going to be terribly surprised. I don't think. I think that with with everything that I've seen this year, I, I feel like Clemson is just is able to win big games, but I don't think they're one of the top four teams in the nation right now. And they can prove it to me on sat on Saturday, which is tomorrow against Notre Dame in South Bend. But that's that's a five thirty game. That's not even an afternoon game. That's a five thirty game. It's in South Bend. You know that place is going to be rocking, and a win against Clemson can really salvage Notre Dame's season, along with give Marcus Freeman that boost and that you know that just clarification on why Notre Dame picked him to be their head coach. I th- I still think he's an amazing coach, and so I'm. I'm really excited to see this game. This game's actually one of the best games in this weekend, even though Notre Dame's not ranked. I personally believe that, that they are, you know, one of the best non-ranked teams, if not the best non-ranked team. Um, And then uh, another game that I kind of just wanted to highlight uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good matchup is Florida State Miami. And and the reason why I say this is because Florida State's a seven and a half point favorite, right? Florida State's kind of struggled these past couple of games. They're they're five and three on the season. Uh they started out four and oh they're one and three in their past four games and and so you can just kind of see the despair. But I'm looking at a Miami team that has just been beaten down. I mean by poor coaching, by poor play calling I mean, Josh Gaddis hasn't done anything as the offensive coordinator at Miami. This was a team that a lot of people had potentially upsetting Clemson and winning the ACC or at least ending the season in the top 10. Like a lot of people were really high on Miami. I wasn't sold because of what I saw with Mario Cristobal at Oregon, right? He could win the big games, but against lesser level opponents, Oregon would always drop one or two games a season in games against, you know, barely above 500 teams or below 500 teams. And so when I look at this Miami team, I have not been that impressed at all. I mean, just, and, and it's not that Miami, you know, is losing to good teams. They got spanked by Duke. They got beaten by North Carolina. They got spanked by middle Tennessee state. They played an absolute garbage shoot of a game against AM. And and those are the four losses they've had this year. And really, I mean, when you look at it, you you can make the argument, I mean, at least in the last, you know, in the last five games are two and three, right? So that that's that's not good. That's not the standard of the U that Miami normally has. Now I I just don't see it. I mean, I don't know if it was because Josh Gaddis just had all the pieces at Michigan last year, and that's why they were so, so so successful. But what I've seen this year, and supposedly Miami had the piece in Tyler Van Dyke, their quarterback, who a lot of people thought could have a Heisman caliber season this year. He's been at a complete no-show. Um, Mario Cristobal is just one of the worst game managers I've ever seen. He's one of the best recruiters I've ever seen. Gave Oregon their best recruiting class in a really long time, actually ever. I think it was sixth overall. And he comes to Miami and he's doing great again recruiting. But the problem is, and 
the recruiting. We, I mean, look at what's happening to A&M right now, right? A&M had the greatest recruiting class in college football history. History. What are they doing right now? They're three and five, sitting at the bottom of the SEC West, and everyone's calling for Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Recruiting numbers right now don't mean a thing to me until you can prove that you know how to coach that talent on the field. And Miami doesn't seem to know how to do it with crystal ball as of right now. Texas A&M hasn't figured it out. So, I mean, it's great and all that you can be a great recruiter, but if you're a great recruiter and going three and five, starting the season three and five and four and four, that's not a good coach. That's not a good team. So I just want to be clear on that, that that's kind of where I stand right now. Um, now, b- back to the game, I think Florida State's going to win. I think Florida State's going to be too much. I think Jordan Travis outplays Tyler Van Dyke. I just, from what I've seen with Miami, they're just not that good of an offensive team. So I'm picking the Seminoles in this one. Um, and then another really good game actually is Wake Forest, NC State, the 21st and 22nd ranked team. Uh, Wake Forest is on the road. Now, I don't think that they're going to have another debacle like they had against Louisville last week with uh, four turnovers on four straight drives, but I do feel like that they're going to clean a lot of things up. Um, I think the Demon Deacons are going to be able to have their way against North Carolina State. Um, I've been way more impressed with Sam Hartman than I have with Devin Leary, and so I'm picking the Demon Deacons to win this game. Um, now moving on, we are going to the big 12 and we actually have a, a couple of, of decent games. We got, I mean, the first game on the list, Texas tech versus TCU, right? TCU is the seventh ranked team in the nation. Um, this is CFP rankings, by the way, uh, they're favored eight at home against Texas tech. Now, Texas tech is one of those big 12 teams where nobody really wants to play them because they're so good at pulling off the upset. We all remember what happened um, in, I want to say 2009, 2008, 2009, 2010, sorry, somewhere in there. But when they pulled off that massive upset against number one, Texas, right? We all remember that game. And I know Texas Tech isn't at home, but Texas Tech still is that team that not a lot of people like to play in the Big 12 because of the potential that they have to upset teams. However, I do think TCU got snubbed by the College Football Playoff Committee. I I really do, because let me tell you something right now. You give TCU's exact resume, the exact same schedule, the exact same way they beat everyone to Texas and Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma would be ranked three or four right now in the college football playoff. And just because TCU is not a massive brand in college football, they got snubbed. Now I know everything's going to play itself out. However, I'm just going to express my frustration real quick. I believe TCU is one of the top four teams in the nation. Uh, They've shown it offensively. They are a juggernaut offensively and not a lot of people are talking about them. I mean, Max Duggan's thrown for 22 touchdowns and two interceptions this year playing outstanding. Um, They're, the running game's really good as well. I mean, they're just such a really good balanced team um, with Kendra Miller as well at the at the running back position. I mean, he's had around 850 yards this year. He's had 11 touchdowns and, and averaging 6.4 yards per carry. Like, he's balling out. This whole TCU team is just playing really good football. Sonny Dykes has that program going in the right direction. I'm picking the Horned Frogs in this one, and that eight points at home is a little bit um, insulting to me. I think Texas Tech 
or excuse me, not Texas Tech. I think TCU is going to win this game by double digits. I really do. They're hitting their midseason stride. They played great last week on the road in Morgantown. And you can look to t- for TCU to be undefeated heading into next week for their big showdown in Austin against Texas Longhorns. So I'm, j- I'm picking TCU. They're just going to be too much offensively for Texas Tech. And I don't think Texas Tech, even with their offensive skill set, because they do have a great offense, um, you know, they really do. By And led by Donovan Smith, their quarterback, he, he's actually a really good athlete. So, But I just don't think in the end TCU will be able to be slowed down enough for Texas Tech to keep up with their offense. So I'm going Horned Frogs all the way, looking for them to remain unbeaten, and hopefully someone in the college football playoff committee realizes how dumb of a decision it is to put them at seven. So moving on, we got Texas at Kansas State. Now, Texas is five and three, ranked 24. Kansas State is six and two, ranked 13th. Um, now, this... this this part is a little bit interesting. Uh, Texas is is favored to win, but only by two and a half. So basically what Vegas is saying is they think Texas is going to win, but it's like really it's a toss-up, and they just said, you know what, Texas is going to win. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think Kansas State, with what they were able to do against um, Oklahoma State now, I also want to – you know, bring up the fact that I don't think Kansas State just played lights out like they literally played as well as anybody in the country last week against Oklahoma State. Okay, I don't think that's a regular occurrence because look at what they did. They lost to Tulane and they lost um, to TCU, right? So they're definitely, it's this isn't going to be a game where Kansas State wins by 30 or 40. Um, and, and Quinn Ewers, of course, isn't, as bad as he played a couple weeks ago against Oklahoma State either, right? Like, this is a team where, you know, I think we had a lot of expectations, uh, maybe a little bit too high after that Alabama game because Texas basically played as well as they possibly could have without Quinn Ewers, and they were, you know, within one point of winning that game. So I think Texas isn't necessarily as good as that, but they're not as bad as losing to Texas. Oklahoma State. This this is a hard game for me to pick. I think Kansas State actually wins this game. I, I really do. I love Deuce Vaughn. He's one of my favorite running backs, although Bijan Robinson is great as well for Texas. I just think Kansas State, honestly, their defense is what's going to win this game for them. I, I really do. Their defense is only giving up uh, 354 total yards a game. Um, only 17 points per game. And I just think Kansas State at home right now, that, that you know, Manhattan, Kansas is going to be bumping for this game. I mean, Texas is a big opponent. And Kansas State's always been a really solid team. I love the way they're coached. They're a great football program. I'm picking the Wildcats to win this game. Um, I think everyone needs to stop sleeping on them because they could honestly win the Big 12 and I wouldn't even be surprised. But I I just feel like, you know, Kansas State just has a lot of momentum going right now. And I feel like they're going to carry that into this game. Now, it could also be a scenario where, you know, they get really high. They get really high on themselves for beating Oklahoma State as bad as they did. 
but they just won't, you know, they might just still be riding that high and they won't be as focused for this game against Texas. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could be a single possession. It might even be going into overtime. I really do think that. But in the end, I'm going to pick Kansas State to win this game. And technically, it would be an upset because Kansas State's not even favored to win, uh, which I think is a little insulting. And I think the Wildcats are actually going to use that as as motivation as you know, and and try their very best to beat Texas. So I'm actually picking the Wildcats in this one. I, re- I really think that they are going to have what it takes uh, to beat Texas. Now, uh, moving on to the um, Big Ten, I just kind of want to highlight one game real quick. Uh, it, it, it's the slates this week in the Big Ten aren't the best, but the one game I want to talk about is Illinois and Michigan State just because I saw Michigan State last week, right? I was in Ann Arbor for that game. I traveled to Michigan. I uh, was at that game against Michigan and Michigan State. Great game, great atmosphere. I loved it. Uh, and, you know, the debacle that came down, Michigan State's going to lose this game. Let's just cut to the chase. Let's not even cute talk this. Uh, Illinois is favored by 16. I don't know if they're going to win by that much, but I, uh, Illinois is going to be eight and one after this game and Michigan state's going to fall to three and six. And this begs the question that I've been kind of asking over the weeks with Jimbo Fisher, with Mario Cristobal, um, with Mel Tucker, like these are teams who you invested a lot of money into and you're not getting the results that you invested in. I mean, let's just, let's just be frank with it here for a second. Like you gave Mel Tucker a hundred million dollars over 10 years so that he wouldn't take the LSU job. And now he's running your program into the ground. You got guys fighting in the locker rooms. Now I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying that he knew about it or I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, your team's in disarray right now emotions are going running high you know you're just losing and losing and losing and losing and it's just like this vicious cycle and this is year three in mel tucker's tenure at michigan state right that he should at, at this point in his career basically what the money is telling us is that he should be competing for big 10 championships he should be basically competing with michigan and ohio state to win the big 10 every single year and i think Kenneth Walker III did a great job of masking what was a subpar Michigan State team last year. I mean, look at what's happened. They take away Kenneth Walker. Wow. I mean, they're not that good this year. They're about to go three and six. And the problem is, is Michigan State's not a program like Alabama, Texas, or Texas A&M where they could possibly, possibly afford to pay his buyout, but... The problem is right now, you might be stuck with Mel Tucker for a couple more years, and he's not going to be producing the level of play that you're going to be wanting as the athletic director at Michigan State. I mean, I just, I listen, in the end, right, let, let's just circle back around. I could go on a Mel Tucker tangent all night long, but let's just say it what it is. Tommy DeVito. Chase Brown, they're going to get the ball rolling on offense for Illinois. They're going to beat Michigan State. They're at home. Michigan State just got off of an emotional loss against Michigan. I don't 
I do not see Michigan State even coming close to winning this game. And folks, they still got to play Penn State. So I this is bad year for the Spartans, man. Bad, bad year for the Spartans. But anyway, congrats to Illinois, man. They're gonna be eight and one. And then looking to play Purdue, the spoiler makers, the next week. And so that's going to be a really, really good game. But um, moving on here, we'll we'll move on from the Big Ten, and we're going to hit up the Pac-12 uh, right now. So one game that I that I kind of wanted to talk about. It's actually the game tonight is Oregon State Washington. Um, both of these teams are really good. They're both six and two. Uh, they're both overperforming. Uh, Washington's done a great job this year. They had a couple fluke losses. They had one against Arizona State, which they definitely shouldn't have lost, but they did. But I think Michael Penix Jr. is a fantastic athlete at quarterback. He's done a great job. Washington's one of the best teams in the Pac-12 for airing the ball out um, through the air. So, uh, But Oregon State's also one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 and one of the best running games, running attacks in the Pac-12. Now, their quarterback situation, that's spotty, right? They're either really, really good or they're really bad. So are we going to get the version tonight of really good or really bad? And Washington's at home. I think it might be a dogfight, but I'm going to pick the Huskies in this one. I, I really do think that Washington is going to end up pulling away. I mean, Oregon State might take a lead here early, but I think in the end, uh, Washington's going to be a little bit too much. But that game's honestly so close to call, guys. I, I actually don't know. I, I don't know who would I who am I going to pick, you know, Oregon State or Washington. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um you know, being in, you know, going to school at Oregon and, and being a Ducks fan. I mean, I'm, I don't know who I pick, right? We got our biggest rival, Washington, or our in-state rival, Oregon State. You know, I don't, I don't really know. But anyway, it's it's going to be a good game. Uh, I believe it's tonight, actually, in Pac-12 after dark. So it'll be interesting to see. But I yeah, I just think Washington in the end is going to pull off the win. I think they're really good on offense, better than Oregon State, and I think that's going to really show. And they're not a terrible defense either. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think in the end, Oregon State, or excuse me, Washington is going to pull away and beat Oregon State. Um, so uh, m- moving on, though, there's there's not uh, much much after that. But let's let's really talk about the two biggest games uh, this week. Uh, let's talk about the Alabama LSU game. This game's a little bit interesting. Um, Alabama's seven and one, LSU's six and two. Alabama's a 13 and a half point favorite, and that is really high for me. I do not like that number. And if I'm LSU, that's that's motivation, buddy. That is motivation because I don't know how in the world Alabama, with how bad they've struggled on the road this year. I mean, think about it. The Texas, they lost to Tennessee. Um, you know, they've struggled on the road this year. Did you know their defense at home gives up seven points per game on the road gives up 34? Not a lot of people know that statistic that shows that Alabama is a totally different team on the road. Now, I think Bryce Young's gonna, gonna have a heyday. I'm going to pick Alabama to win this game. I don't think that LSU is nearly as explosive as, 
Tennessee is on offense. I think Jalen Daniels is good. I think Jane Daniels is good. I don't think he's better than Hendon Hooker, and I don't think he's better than Bryce Young. So I don't think that LSU is going to be able to pull off the win. However, I don't like that 13 and a half. I think Alabama wins it, but I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I, I I think the score is going to indicate a one-possession game. I feel like I, I don't really know who... I, it, it's just it's just really hard to to know who's going to win this game. I mean, if you look at the quarterback comparison, which I think that's really where the game is going to be won and lost. I mean, Br- Bryce Young has just played so consistent and so well. Alabama's just had to really lean on him for their big wins, and he's he's delivered. Let me tell you, I've been I he in my opinion is the best one of the best, if not the best quarterback in college football. Now, a lot of people say Hendon Hooker, CJ Stroud, like they're playing amazing, you know, they're unbeaten. But I don't think a guy means more to a team than Bryce Young means to Alabama. And we saw that when they lost to Tennessee because Bryce Young literally delivered for Alabama when it mattered most and when he needed to. He was the one who was making all the plays. He was the one that was running, running around, making plays to extend drives. This kid is phenomenal. I haven't seen that from Jane Daniels. I mean, he's good at taking care of the ball. He only has one interception. But the one thing that that I would that I would say is LSU gives up around 150 rushing yards a game. I mean, uh, or, yeah, 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 150 yards a game. So when you look at it, I mean, it's, I just, I, I think that Alabama, especially with Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young, they're going to be able to run the ball effectively against LSU. I hate to say it. I mean, I would love to see LSU win. I just feel like Alabama is going to win now. Like I said before, the road struggles have been real this year, especially for Alabama. But I just feel like LSU won't have the offensive firepower that Alabama has this year. And and Alabama's averaging, I mean, 210 yards a game on the ground. So they're gonna have they're going to be able to run the ball. That that is a fact. They will be able to run the ball. Now, how effectively, we don't know because I still feel like LSU is a really good team. But I feel strongly Alabama's going to pull off the win. I don't think that LSU is going to be able to keep up offensively with Alabama. So I'm picking Alabama, but I'm picking them to not cover the spread. I think it's going to be a one-possession game or lower. Now let's talk about the meat. Let's talk about the juice. Let's talk about the big turkey, the big kahuna, Tennessee, Georgia. This game, I would predict, is going to be the most watched game besides the Michigan-Ohio State game at the end of the year. Um, Tennessee comes in the, into this game ranked number one in the country. Georgia ranked number three. I mean, you're looking at the second best defense in the nation versus the best scoring offense in the nation. Georgia's a nine-point favorite, and that is that's huge. That is huge.
And the the more I look at this game, it just it's 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 interesting. Now, let me tell you a statistic. Georgia's only sacked the quarterback this year on defense ten times, which is the worst in the SEC. But guess who has three out of those ten sacks? Guess who has thirty percent of their sacks? Nolan Smith. Guess who's injured for the rest of the season for the Georgia defense? Nolan Smith. So when I look at this, Georgia's going to be without their number one rusher. They're going to also be playing the most explosive offense in college football. And this is a team who loves to use the entire 53 and a half yards of the field in Tennessee. I'm having a really difficult time picking this game. I know who I want to win and I know who I think is going to win. I'm trying to make sure they merge together. (laughs) It is basically what I'm getting to because these two teams are just titans. I mean, Georgia's only allowing 10.5 points per game. However, let, let me just share this with you. Okay, let, let me just let me just share this. ESPN is giving Tennessee a twenty five percent chance of winning. That's that's slow, guys. I I know teams this year have historically played bad on the road. I mean, if we just look at it, right? If we just look at it. I mean, let's just look at the top 15, for example. Oregon, they're, they're, they've only lost one game, right? They're 7-1. to one. What was their number? What was their only loss? Basically, a road game in Athens, not in Athens, in Atlanta, which is an hour away from Athens, right? So it's a, it's a home game for Georgia. Oregon's only loss on the road against Georgia. Alabama's only loss on the road against Tennessee. Uh, UCLA's only loss on the road against Oregon. USC's only loss on the road against Utah. Utah's two losses on the road against Florida, on the road against UCLA. So we've seen that the road team really does have a difficult time in in these games, in these situations. Oh my goodness, this is this is difficult. So with Georgia. Right. Georgia Stetson Bennett's only thrown nine touchdowns all year long. Now Tennessee's deep pass defense happens to be one of one of the worst, right? They're not that great. However, what I want to highlight is Stetson Bennett doesn't have a deep threat. I think Brock Bowers is great. I think he might be one of the most athletic players in all college football. I don't know why he's not even in the Heisman conversation, but he should be. Brock Bowers is great, but he's not a deep threat. He's not a vertical guy that can stretch the field and run a 40-yard post play in you know 3.5 seconds that it takes before the pocket starts collapsing. Like He's not that guy. Tennessee has those guys in Jalen Hyatt. I mean that that kid burned Alabama for five straight t- for five touchdowns. Like that is a that is a dog. Ironic, you know that's cute I- irony here because the Georgia Bulldogs. But what I'm saying is the reason why I'm having such a difficult time in picking this game because I think Tennessee is going to be able to score the ball. 
I, I really do. And Georgia's going to have to keep up. And what are they going to have to do to keep up? They're going to have to throw the ball. Tennessee's rush defense is one of the best in the SEC. They held Alabama. Bryce Young had to do everything for that team. So you're going to have to command Stetson Bennett to do everything for your team. Can he? Hendon Hooker already does everything for his team, right? And that up-tempo offense, I mean, Hendon Hooker was able to throw for the 350 yards last year against Georgia. Granted, it was at home, and and but but let me say this. That was against the Georgia defense, who was statistically better than they are this year. But let's let's look at the number one thing. But Georgia's at home, right? We can't disregard that. Oh my goodness, this is this is so difficult. Guys, I want to pick Georgia to win, but I'm not. <laughs> I might get a lot of heat for saying this. Tennessee's going to win. I, I, I really think so. Everyone did. I mean, there's a lot of people who said Bama was going to beat Tennessee. Bryce Young, offensively electric. But what was Tennessee able to do? They were able to score and outscore Bama. Georgia's defense is better than Bama's. I'm going to give them that. But their offense ain't as explosive as Alabama. Their offense hasn't had to have Stetson Bennett throw for from for more than four touchdown passes in a game this year. They've been able to dictate the ball on the run. And with Brock Bowers, now you take Brock Bowers out of that game and you take away Nolan Smith for the season with a season-ending injury, guys who who's responsible for 30% of their sacks this season, Hendon Hooker has more than four seconds to throw the ball. Watch out, Georgia. Watch out. I think this is the game where Tennessee actually does I'm going to consider this the impossible here. I think Tennessee beats Georgia. I think it's going to be a really good game. And if Georgia wins, Georgia wins. Okay, y'all can point fingers, blame me. I get that. But from what I've just seen from the stats, from just everything, what Tennessee's been able to do, sorry. I don't think, I mean, with how good Hendon Hooker's been playing, I get that. Like, I, I know some people's argument is, well, Tennessee didn't play that great against Pitt on the road. You're right. They didn't. You know, they, they didn't play that well. But guess what? Georgia didn't play that well against Kent State at home. And Georgia didn't play good at all against Missouri on the road. And they still eked away with those wins. So let's just put this in a giant perspective. Can Georgia keep up offensively with Tennessee? And the answer is no especially without their best pass rusher and arguably their best defensive player out on that field. And it sucks. I I feel bad for Nolan Smith. He's an amazing athlete, amazing player, amazing guy. But I just feel like without him, it's, I mean, Tennessee's just going to be able to sit back. Their offensive line is going to be able to protect Hendon Hooker. And you give those wide receivers more than three seconds on a route, they'll find a way to get open. Hendon Hooker will find a way to get the ball to him. And you betcha they're going to take some shots deep in this game. I guarantee it. Guys, there's no there's no argument that Tennessee isn't the number one team in the nation. They have five ranked wins. Five ranked wins, which is more than anyone else. Okay. Georgia, let's let's just let's just let me just reiterate this. Okay, their toughest game so far has been Oregon. 
and they dominated that game. And they dominated that game because Bo Nix was a first-year quarterback in that system. He had never played with those players before on an actual game level. They played the defending national champs basically in a road game with Coach Landing's first game as a head coach, not even as a head coach at Oregon, but also as a head coach in period. And you expect them to, they were able to run or drive the ball, just some turnovers, right? They weren't able to finish drives. And you know what? That's that's true. They should have played better. But besides that, Georgia's played Samford, South Carolina, Kent State, Missouri, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. Where's the difficulty in that? But let's look at Tennessee's, let's look at Tennessee's schedule, shall we? Ball State, yeah, easy win. They did, 59 to 10. Pitt on the road. Yeah, that was a difficult win. Pitt's a decent team, especially at home. Akron at home. Yeah, that was a blowout, 63-6, to which they should have done. But now listen to this. Beat Florida. They were ranked. Go on the road to Death Valley and just take LSU to the woodshed, 40-13. to Which, by the way, LSU's in the top 10 right now. Beat Alabama at home. First time in 15 years. Okay, okay. Then they have Tennessee Martin, dominated them, put up 65 points against them. Yeah, like they should. And then just absolutely demolished Kentucky this past weekend, 44-6. to So they're like Kentucky, if they had Georgia's schedule, probably would be 8-0 right now. If LSU had Georgia's schedule, they'd probably be 8-0 right now. Like, I'm just looking at all of these teams, and Tennessee is just on a different level because of the competition they're playing, as well as how bad they're beating them. So, I, I guys, it's going to be a great game. If Georgia wins, they win. I'll give them props. I think they will. I think they might. Excuse me. I think they might. But I'm going to pick Tennessee because of what I've seen from Tennessee. And what I've seen from Georgia, and Georgia is, they're great defensively. They're really good offensively. But Tennessee is amazing on offense. And they're decent on defense. And I think that's going to be enough to steal the game in Athens, Georgia. I really do. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in this evening. I, I know it's a late episode, but I just want to thank you guys so much. Please go ahead and share this. Uh, podcast with anybody that, uh, that you know is a college football fan. We love we love having people. Uh, we might even have some guest speakers on here uh, pretty soon. So let us know if you want to do that. Um, but just thank you again for all the support. Uh, we will look uh, to talk to you guys on Monday. Bridger will finally be back. Uh, we'll have we'll be able to reiterate and talk about these games that happened this past weekend. But uh, thank you all so much and. We will see you next week. Thank you.